When I first began my journey seeking God, I was merciless. And that is how I perceived the world around me. Merciless. When I was informed by a mentor I needed to love people, that did not fit with my understanding. I was informed anger and resentments were destructive to me and it would be best to let it go. This was not an easy nor quick adjustment. Love is the goal, and to love, I needed to forgive. I needed to forgive others, life as I know it, and myself. My memories full of torment, which filled me with pain and anger. I had to change my view. The ambiance within my consciousness needed to be adjusted to let in some light and good messages about love. To bring in such thoughts within my consciousness, I needed to experience this love. And for me, forgiveness was one of the beginning steps. It was one of the beginning steps to practice. Each time I would practice it, a little more light would come in. And to this day, it is still the case for me that light, good, grace, and righteousness of God comes through my abiding in it. I can't create it nor control it, but I can choose to be in it. Those who get to know me and stick around long enough to watch me change can share how I have grown toward love. I'm like the beast in Beauty and the Beast, learning to be a kinder and gentler man with God's goodness. Sometimes it isn't pretty. The Bible is persistently describing how we are to love, but with God's love. Many of us can get ideas about love in songs and movies, which are often misleading away from God's truth. We need to separate truth from God's truth. It's God's teaching that we need to take deep into our minds, bodies, behaviors, and souls. When we love God the way the Bible describes love and God, we can access all of God's character within our hearts and minds. Love, as described in 1 Corinthians 13, can bring peace, mercy, and forgiveness, leading to great joy. This means we need to read the Bible's message about how to behave enough to know the reasons why it says to behave like it does. We need to do what it says to get that understanding. Then we need to ponder it and discuss it with others who also participate in the same instructions. Then we can bond together through the learning. This is how Jesus taught the disciples. We can do this if we choose to do it. Humility is a great first step to grow with God and all of God's character. If we love God with all our heart and mind, then we are willing to give our all to commit to let God's character change us as we take into our being God's good character and live it out. Luke 7.47 Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. It's important to take away from this passage the needed experience of forgiveness with love. If we go through our lives avoiding or not being in experience with forgiveness, either receiving it or giving it, then we will certainly miss out on a great opportunity to learn about love. Love the way God loves. Sometimes it is better to come to God to serve God out of desperation and brokenness, to need God enough to experience a sense of being saved. 
then it can be so much easier to depend upon God for guidance and a way of life because it is life-giving. Being with God fills my soul, and I know it because of what I have done. Forgiveness has little to do with words. Words can be one way to show forgiveness. However, these days, the world can be filled with lies, false flattery, and insincere positive gestures. So we need more than words. We need genuine sincerity. Remember, nonverbal communication dominates over verbal. What we do and how we do it trumps what we say. So our inward attitude needs to get sincere and truthful about real and genuine forgiveness. We need to mean what we say and have our actions align with our words in sincere truth and love. We can move in the direction of perfection, yet imperfectly. We need to cling more and more to God's character and less to our own. When angry thoughts come, we can redirect ourselves toward forgiveness. We can forgive any offense as we turn our will and life over to God. Forgiveness can free us from the consequences of resentment and anger. It is not the anger that protects us, it's our choices and actions. Danger exists and evil exists. We can learn about it and make decisions to act upon to help us stay safe. We can recognize danger, discern it, and act accordingly. There is a lot of skill that can be learned here. For now, we just need to differentiate attitude from action. An angry attitude can be more about payback and hurting others than protecting ourselves. There can be more productive ways to protect ourselves than revenge or passive-aggressive methods. Romans 12.9 Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Let's sit with these instructions for a while and revisit them often. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. We must grasp within our understanding and maintain within our consciousness more precisely what God's good character is in order to really cling to it. If we are not studying and learning more about God's good character, then we will not be able to cling to it. Our attention ought to be seeking to sense and be aware of all that is spiritually evil and good. Cling means to hold on to and not let go. If I begin each day with God, but then move on to something else, I am not clinging to God or God's good. If I am holding on to anger, then I am not being at peace with love. I need to choose, but how can this be done? The answer takes time to understand. Patience and perseverance are needed. I needed to work through trial and error to gradually let go of my anger. I also needed to learn how to grieve the pain from my past to really let it go. And I hated grieving. The thought of crying would make me angry. But arguing against reality never brought any good results. God is good and in order to grow in God's goodness, I needed to see more precisely how the Bible says to do it. Please review a concordance search on the words good and evil in the Bible, also available at www.inwardauthority.com at experience groups. Here are some questions to think about and discuss with others. God is love, merciful, forgiving, and peace. Is that how we can be described? Is that what describes our character? If Jesus is the Prince of Peace and we worship Jesus, wouldn't we be worshiping peace in a way that we are growing in it each day? Is peace on our radar to seek and practice? 
Do others around us who have watched us grow, are they witnessing us grow in this character? God's character is the pathway to love and peace. Forgiveness is part of the journey to get there. Jesus was the forgiver of sins to those who would repent. Jesus understood we all are affected by our choices and even more by each other's choices. We are all spiritually connected. Our relationships are greatly affected by how we cling to peace or anger. I used to have a list of people I was going to get even with. I had to let that go. I was told by many different people, resentment is like swallowing poison and yet waiting for the other person to die. The anger within me was destructive to myself and those around me. My anger even ruined my relationships. When I became angry, I learned to pray to God for help. This was not easy, and sometimes it just didn't seem to work. I was even told to get a shoebox, put wrapping paper on it, cut a hole in the top, write my resentments down, and then put it in the box, like it's a magic box. That didn't work either. I even tried multiple times with the same resentment, and it still didn't work. I did not believe in it. I suppose it's the faith that makes the difference. I was told to make a gratitude list and ended up resenting gratitude. I believed gratitude was a bad idea too. Again, a faith issue. But I did not quit. I followed the instructions to persevere and keep seeking God. I was told to have an open mind and be willing to be convinced. I shared in a previous podcast about peace and how I learned to grieve anger and hurt. My life was a mess and I experienced a lot of pain suffering, and loss. I had been deeply hurt in many ways and stuffed the pain. I learned to hide and control sadness. I learned to deny pain, and I was good at it. It wasn't until I began to practice the grieving process that I could experience ending the anger toward others and myself. There is great spiritual healing that can take place through healthy grieving. As I did, I experienced peace. And with experiencing peace, I finally understood its power and value. It was a drug-free utopia. For the first time, I began to experience God's goodness. Without experiencing peace, I did not really understand it. We will all need to experience God's goodness for the inspiration to go after it as we would anything we find precious. We can learn through experience how precious God's goodness is in this life. I needed to mentally let go of recalling things from my past used to make me angry or feel victimized. I needed to switch my thinking from being a victim of my past into a peacemaker through God's grace today. A victim is someone who has been wounded, but with God I am healed, and if I'm healed I shouldn't walk around like I'm wounded. Yet we must be real, sincere, honest, and pure with it. If we are wounded, we can be wounded. If we are healed, we can be healed. But we must avoid faking and pretending. It's just not right, nor God's righteousness. And grace is all about being right with God. In John 15, Jesus describes how he clinged to God. Clinging to God is to cling to love, peace, mercy, and forgiveness, truth, justice, compassion, and the like. That means we go after and hold tight these principles within our thoughts, choices, feelings, words, goals, and actions. Abhor is the opposite of cling. If we abhor evil, we run from it. 
we don't hold on to it. We don't remember it into our thinking. We respond to thinking of evil like as deadly. Deception, falsehood, hate, resentments, grudges, thoughts that evoke anger, getting even, revenge, and hurting others are examples of things we can run from. We can readjust our thoughts within our minds. We can avoid thinking, speaking, and acting with evil. There are meditation practices that can be helpful to grow a new conscious awareness. Some of us may not know where to begin. We can search online using the words meditation and forgiveness. There are many resources out there, but we will need to have an open mind to let our minds change in the direction of God's character. We can sit and listen, but listening to understand what is said. The calming voices that may seem awkward can invite us into a calmer state of mind and body. Let's remember, God is about peace and patience. Peace is a crucial part of God's goodness, and anything within us that does not want calmness may be from evil. Let's practice setting the evil aside and letting in some of God's goodness. Let's let ourselves come to peace gradually. Let's be patient with the process. Let's think thoughts of hope. Let's say prayers for hope and peace and encouragement and strength. I used to respond to others who practiced evil in nonverbal ways. They could see I did not approve. I didn't need to say anything. My face said it. But as I continued to learn more about the subconscious role and behavior, I realized many of us do not know the evil we are doing. Some of us are just doing the best we know how. That was my case for years. I did not know God's love. I wasn't shown God's love. I didn't believe in God's love. I was shown many evil practices, and I practiced it too. I used to blame people for their choices and actions with the idea that they had an alternative. Just because I knew of alternatives doesn't mean they knew. And just because others knew of alternative ways of living doesn't mean I knew them. We can have a tendency of projecting onto others that they know what we know. This is self-deception. When we think things to ourselves that are not true, we are deceived by our own perceptions. We all do this, but few will carefully watch for them with critical analysis. That probably just brought a lot of confusion, and if it did... Go online to Wikipedia and search cognitive bias list. It's a list of cognitive bias. There is about a hundred of them. Take 30 minutes to really soak in what is said to understand how we all fool ourselves. Do this repeatedly so it can move into long-term memory. If we just glance at it, we'll forget it. And to forget the ways we are biased and fool ourselves isn't a good idea. Just do it. Don't listen to reasoning within your thoughts on it's a waste of time to learn how we fool ourselves. Some of us right now may be thinking, that's silly. I don't fool myself. I'm not self-deceived. But then go ask your brother, sister, wife, or long-held best friend if you ever fool yourself into doing something silly. If your mind is open to learn, it can learn. Humility can pave the way. As Jesus said to humble ourselves, this is a good opportunity to begin. Sometimes I get frustrated, which is another word for anger, with others who are not willing to learn from me. 
I get in situations where I'm trying to help someone I care about, but they don't share the same ambition as I do about how to handle things. They seem to resist what I believe to be the right way. They even get mad at me if I persist or push the idea. But why? I'm just trying to help. I realize, like using the shoebox with resentments, they don't believe in my methods. And the more I push my ideas, the more they don't want it. Jesus knew this about people. That may be why he let people go away and did not press. Either people would accept the ideas or not. This is still true today. I need to continue to remind myself I'm not the convincer. I'm just someone trying to share information. It's up to each of us to open our minds to be willing to learn the information and see what is true. We can't make people read the Bible and we can't make others forgive. I sought to understand more about perceptions to see why we do what we do. Within us all exist learned reactions. We all react to things differently, and these reactions are developed largely through learning. When I was young, I cried when I got hurt. As I got older, if I cried, I was mistreated by others. I learned to repress my feelings and hide them. Then when I experienced the power of healthy grieving, I had to resist the learned behavior of repression. When I felt like crying, my whole being would seek to shut it down. My learning to protect myself from being mistreated by others through repressing my feelings was interfering with spiritual healthy practices. I needed to relearn how to cry. But for many years, I understood crying to just be wrong. If someone came to me and tried to tell me that grieving was a good thing, I would have just laughed in their face. Kind of harsh, but that's how I was. Harsh. Only through experiencing the grieving and the good results did I understand how it was beneficial and beautiful. Grieving is not depression thinking. My perception of grieving is that it is a process of releasing pain from the past, realizing it is the past, while not seeking to relive it over and over. It is letting go of the pain and the situation. It is saying goodbye to it like a snake shedding skin. It's a cleansing process. It's like saying, I'm done having you now in my thoughts. I don't need you anymore. It's acknowledging the pain and how evil it was one last time. Although it can return, it's this attitude of intending to let it go and be done with it that is important. When I try to help or teach others and they don't want it, I understand now that they're not wanting it has nothing to do with me. It's just where they are. It's not right or wrong. It just is. I need to focus upon what information I can bring to help them learn about where they are and where they can be. When I become impatient, irritated, anxious, or angry, then I need to go to God and seek God's peace and love for it to grow within my mind and heart. The anger only makes things worse for everyone. We can seek to practice inward attitudes of contrition, being humble, and supplication toward God. These words can be a good biblical concordance study. These biblical words describe the right attitude to seek within our being. Psalm 34:18. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Luke 14:11 For whoever exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus says he who humbles himself will be exalted. 
This means we need to think about how we can humble ourselves. Ephesians 6.18 Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. One great self-evaluation question I can ask myself whenever I am disturbed is, Am I humbly serving God? The answer is usually no, so the response is to go to prayer and humbly ask God for guidance and strength to act in grace. Being right is to act with God's righteousness. Forgiveness is part of God's righteousness. Thank you for listening. I hope this helps in your journey to grow with God. Mm-hmm.